0: Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And I see that verse right behind me here. And the foundation that I want to greet you in, there's no other foundation. You think about the church itself, and there's no other foundation. Where would you build? If you would go out and start to build a, uh, a church, and all of a sudden you say, what, what are we going to build our church on? And you have to come right back to where well, the church is built on Jesus Christ. And if that foundation is not there, it's, it's, we're just building on sinking sand. We sang that song about... Uh, the wise man built his house upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Appreciate the, the thoughts already this morning. But going on to the message here, um, we, we come into life sometimes and, we, and things that impact us, and many times things that impact us are one-liners. I don't know if you know what a one-liner is. It's just a, a short statement. So somebody says that it has an impact on you. And there's a lot of things that have had an impact on me, just simply one-liners that just, that stuck with you, and, and it just seemed like it goes through your mind. And sometimes when we we're confused or bewildered, and when we uh, wonder, "Which way should I turn?" And somebody comes out with just this one liner, and it sinks in and' just exactly what I needed, exactly what I needed at that time. simple, direct, to the point. And we understood and what you needed at that time, like apples of gold and pitchers of silver, from in Proverbs 25:11. Not a big, long row, just very simple and to the point, but yet, it has a big impact, and it, change, it can change your life, it, it may be directed uh, one direction, you have to head one direction, all of a sudden, because of just that set, simple statement, it changed your direction, and you change, you change, your, um, your, you change your course, the person given it may not even know the impact it has on your life, it might, you, know, you might not even, you know, use, and you may be the one that's given it, and you don't even know what the impact it had on that, on that other person's life. As you go and, and be repeated on down through the generations. It can be, you know, just been treated from generation to generation. And one of, the, one of the ones that always comes to mind, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. Just a one-liner, but it has a tremendous impact. It just doesn't, but that is, it has impact upon us. And they go on down just simply a lot of other, um, one thing that as you travel on the highways, the signs there, don't let your last words be in a text. And that has an impact, doesn't it? You think about that. seeing that sign you know, all of a sudden we're, we're on our phones and, and then don't let your last words be on, a, be on a text. And it's possible that all of a sudden you take your mind off the road and you have an accident and lose your life from it, simply from and that, that that does happen. Learn what no means. Children, do you know what no means? What's the definition of no? Does anybody know what the definition of no is? And all of a sudden we say, well, that's, that's maybe, could be, no, the definition of no is absolutely no. That's a one-liner. Learn the definition of what no what the no what no means. Life's not always easy. Think before you talk. Never give up. Take time to listen. Strive to do better. Smile. It's a universal language. Learn from your mistakes. Better days ahead. And there's just simply one-liners that people that can have an impact on us. And we come through, we come through uh, Thanksgiving, we come through Christmas now and, and a lot of, but all of a sudden we turn over a new, uh, uh, into a new year and all, what does our minds go to? And many times it's taxes, doesn't it? After the new year, all of a sudden we're starting to figure out our books, we're starting to look up and see if we have any profit or loss, and then all of a sudden we try to see what, what's this going to cost me in taxes? My dad had a one-liner that stuck with me. And it was this: pay your taxes with a smile. And it's it stuck with me. Pay your taxes with a smile. I was going in. I was going in to pay my property tax last year, and there was a man coming out. Came out the door, and um, as as I was walking in, he goes, "Oh, happy day." But there was a lot of sarcasm in his voice. He wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like he was that happy that he had to pay taxes, but that's, it's reality of life. That's just uh, um, oh, happy day. I don't think he viewed it as, as a happy day. It's been said there's two things that are sure, that's taxes and death. And we have sales tax, we have gas tax and property tax and income tax, school tax, inheritance tax, excise or sin tax, which is alcohol and tobacco and, and, and license and, and this goes to marriage, uh, fishing, hunting and dog, uh, drive a car. It is all, and just taxes just go on and on and on and on. But what concerns me many times is in, the Anabaptist, in the Anabaptist people is a complaint on taxes. I have to pay in taxes. And there's a negative. It's almost it's almost like out there, there's anti-government type of feeling that's out there, even within the Mennonite or the Anabaptist culture today is the anti-government feeling. And that all of a sudden, the kind of taxes that comes to it comes to play and I'm ashamed to say that even in our congregation there people make comments that I just don't think it's quite biblical or should be they're not there's a lot of sarcasm there we can get out of taxes this is how you do it buy nothing own nothing sell nothing, inherit nothing, make nothing, use nothing, do absolutely nothing. If you think you can live that way, you probably don't have to pay any taxes. But the the other option is, if you want to do, if you want to buy something, if you want to own something, if you want to sell something, if you want to make something, you're going to have to pay taxes. It's just that that's reality of life. Whenever the issue of taxes come up, humanity also, all of a sudden gets, goes up against it. And probably the, one of the first things, turn with me to First Kings chapter 12, and you'll see there that the, right after the reign of Solomon, Jeroboam Rehoboam came into play here. And I want to read that account there, and all of a sudden, here there was. Before that, the, I think the only tax back through the, uh, was the temple tax. that They, they brought people who were supposed to uh, pay for a temple tax. And all of a sudden, and, and, and Samuel had warned them when they wanted the king. He said, they are go- he is going to take your daughters, he's going to take your sons, and he's going to tax you. And Samuel had warned, had warned the children of Israel of that very thing. And this is what, this is what happened later on when uh, and the people were rebelling against the taxation. And this is, and all of a sudden, you'll see the ten tribes of Israel, I mean, there's the those twelve tribes and then the, the two the ten tribes, and then the two, the tribe of Je- uh, Judah and Benjamin, they stayed, and then the other ten tribes pulled off of that. Beginning at uh, verse 1 of First uh, Kings chapter 12, and Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel were come to Shechem to make him king. It came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it, for he was fled from the presence of King Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt. And they sent and called him, and, Je- and Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came and spake unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore, make thou, make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke, which, th- which he put upon us lighter, and we will serve you. And he said unto them, Depart ye. yet for three days, they come again to me. And the people departed. The king Rehoboam consulted the old man that stood before Solomon, his father. While he yet lived and said, How do you advise that I may answer these people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto these people this day, and wilt serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, that they they will be thy servants forever. And he forsook the counsel of the old men which had given him, and consulted with the young men which were growing up with him, and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that ye may answer these people who have spoken to me, saying, Make thy yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter. And the young men that were growing up with him spake unto him, saying, thou shalt sp- Th- Thus shalt thou speak unto the people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thus shalt thou say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. Now whereas my father did laid you with heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke my father has chastised you with whips and I'll chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day as the king had appointed saying, come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly and and forsook the old man's counsel that he gave them and spake to them after the counsel of the young men saying, my father made your yoke heavy and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips and I will chastise you with scorpions. You know, all of a sudden the people resisted the the taxation and, and that, that's a common that's a common thing, that people will all of a sudden when the government wants to wants their taxation uh, oppose taxation all of a sudden we we pull back whoa, you know that's that's not uh, they're going uh, beyond their their right here and uh, what is the biblical what is the biblical approach to taxation as you think about um, here we have the Old Testament time and all of a sudden. This is something that Jesus faced time and time again, and they're trying the Herodians and, and uh, the Pharisees. They were not bedfellows at all. They did not see eye to eye. They hated each other, but in the common cause of Jesus Christ, they unified. And they came to Jesus and they said, you know, and this tax Maybe just let's we'll just turn with that. Matthew 22. <clears throat> Get the count right here. beginning at verse 15. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they, they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent unto him their disciples and with Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of man. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to tr- give tribute unto Caesar or not? And Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And he brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Who is this image and superscription? They said unto him, Caesars. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesars the things which are Caesars, and unto God the things which are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. And all of a sudden, they thought they, they would have him. He would say, You need to render under Caesar. The Pharisees, they knew the common people were against taxation, and they, they, the way the people would turn against Jesus. Well, if he said it was... Uh, um, uh, the other way, all of a sudden, the other side would, would come against so and They'd turn him into Caesar and say, he's, 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 uh, he's, against, he's against Caesar, so we need, to, we need to get him that way. But Jesus just comes out and just simply said, render to Caesar's the things that are Caesar's, unto God the things that are God's. And I believe that's a foundation. I think that's a foundation that every one of us needs to adhere to. Jesus is teaching here. And the Apostle Paul picked that up here in Romans 13. We'll get to that in a little bit later. But... Uh, they were the tax that Jesus was. Um, there was different forms of taxes at that time, and it was not easy of being under the Roman government. They had their three forms of three th- forms of taxes, and I'm not sure if I got time to go on, on all those different taxes or not. But there's they had three forms of three forms of taxes that they had to abide by. Anyhow, they, they um, it was not it was not an easy road for the Jews for them to, to the Roman government to give their taxes, to give that money to them. And another thing that happened then was later on at the destruction of, of Jerusalem then, the, t- at the destruction of the temple, they took that tax money that had from the Jews and they, put, they, they said this tax money goes to the god Ju- Jupiter. And that just irked them to the no end, irked them to no end. And that can, and it, from that he revolted, revolted, and, and but the, yet the, the biblical principle that Jesus laid down behind that feelings and stuff, that, and those feelings are, are with us today, too. It's, I don't believe it's just simply the Jewish people that all of a sudden, when we think we're overtaxed, we're, we take your, your pay stubs, and all of a sudden you say, "Well, this is the mount." And then you say, oh, wow, look at all the, they, they, all the deduction that goes out and goes to the government. And all of a sudden, what's it, make, what's it make you feel like? You know, he said, I don't like the government. He's taking all my money away from me. That feeling rises up, and, and it just seemed like at Jesus' time that that feeling was there too. They hated the Romans. The Jewish people hated the Romans, and a lot of times they put the, put the taxation on them, even just to become under their control. But then on top of that was the taxation they had that came onto them give unto Caesar the things which belong to him and give unto God the things that belong to him. Could you say today, give unto Biden the things that belong unto Biden and unto God the things that belong to God. And I believe what he's saying, I believe it goes down to the generation, it goes to all countries, support the government that you are under. I believe that's what he's saying. In Matthew 17 fact there are a couple pages here, Matthew 17. Again, the issue of taxation, 17:24 to 27. And when they were come to Capernaum they, that received tribute money came to Peter and said, "Doth not your master pay tribute?" And he said, yes, and when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him saying, "What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take customs or tribute of their own children or of strangers?" Peter sent it, sent it to him, strangers, Jesus sent it to him then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, and go thou to the sea, and cast a hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened the, his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, and take and give unto th- them for me and thee. And well, he said, well, if I had to pay my taxes, I'll just go fishing, and I wanna, I'll just get some money, and then I'll, go, I'll pay my taxes. But um, Jesus used a miracle here for him to pay taxes, and I believe he was setting down an illustration here for us to follow. He said, my heavenly father is the king. He's the one that controls this whole world. And he said, the children should be free. Since I'm a child of, of the heavenly father, I should be free. We said, nevertheless, go pay your taxes. Even though he was I'm uh, my father's son. And he controls everything. And so why should I have to pay taxes? But yet he said, go and pay anyhow. And I believe that's, even though we think today that it's not it's not right or fair, of the taxes that we have to pay, it's, um, I believe we need to pay it with a smile, and not all of a sudden just have a resistance to it. At the time of Reformation, there was an area in Europe that granted the Anabaptists, they were persecuted, and there were some areas in Europe that were granting freedom. The Thirty-Year War of the, Protestant, the between the Protestants and Catholics had just brought Vast destruction and a lot of human lives. I believe it said close to 30 million people in that 30-year war, and from not only from war but also from diseases. And um, there was areas in Europe that granted freedom to the Anabaptist people, that they could come there and um, and help to repopulate the land again. And some of those countries today have changed names from what they were back in the Reformation time, and um, you can have freedom of religion. It was what they. Um, Said, you can have your freedom of religion, but you can't have any ownership of any land. And you can have no ownership of land. You couldn't ownership, you know, you're here, we want you to, to uh, make the land uh, productive again. You had to be quiet about your religion. You couldn't go out and, and proselyte and try to get people to come into the Anabaptist movement. You had to, st- to simply stay quiet about it. Another thing on, on top of that was. They had to pay more taxes than the general populace, and I believe there was three different taxes. I don't, I don't have that the whole the whole count on that. <laughs> there were three different taxes they had to pay, to, and the general populace around them didn't have to pay that, but they had to. But after coming through the persecution they did, and a lot of loss of life from that, fathers being being uh, murdered, and and mothers and children being separated, families tore apart. They were so grateful. At the end of the year, above all the taxes they had to pay, they took up an offering and gave it to the government. They had to pay taxes more than the gender populace, but underneath it, then they gave and took an offering, a free will offering to the government for the privilege of having religious, uh, religious freedom. Many times we don't know what we have until we lose it. We all know government has a national debt, 34, I believe it's 34 trillion dollars. Of all the non-resistant people, of all the non-resistant people, and they said that, that, that for every child, every man, woman, and child in the United States, you owe 101,000 dollars to the government of the national debt, national debt, the national debt the national debt, if you took $100 bills, and $1 trillion is, is uh, if you took $100 bills and you, st- you stacked them on one top, 630 miles long. It goes beyond the space station, which is 250 miles above, it goes beyond that. You take that times 34, that's $1 trillion, 631,000, 631, uh, 631 miles tall, times 34 which is our national debt at this time 34 trillion and you'll see all of a sudden now if all the Anabaptist people today would get together and say well just for the being just like they did here and this time here would say we want to help in the national debt above all the taxes that you pay simply for the privilege to have a religious freedom like I said you don't know what we have, you know, we don't know what we have until we lose it. And once we have lost it, would you be like these people there in, back in the Reformation time? All of a sudden, they would take up a, an offering for the government on top of it. All the extra taxes they had to pay, and then they, um, they did it out of free, just out of a, a loving heart for the government, just for the privilege of having freedom of religion. Would be would be willing. What for what for offering do you think it would give? Would people say, "Oh no, no, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even go down that road. I wouldn't even. They'll just. They'll just take. It, they'll just spend more and more and more. And it could be, it could be. But I believe it would. It would show the government that we are thankful for the religious freedoms that we have here. back in the 1960s there, um, social security came into play in the 1930s, 30, 1935, 1950, and all come to the 60s, the churches were debating this of uh, separation from church and state, whether we should pay social security or, or not. And um, I, I, what impressed me, there was a few men, and somebody said, well, we can't be unified, we can't be in one with the church, uh, church and state, so they're trying to get out of social security and workers' compensation. And um, I'm not here to debate, you know, right or wrong on that, but this is what, what, what I was impressed me on a couple of the older men. They said, yes, I'll pay my Social Security, but I don't want to collect. I'm not going to collect Social Security, but I'm willing to pay it for the betterment of, the, of my neighbors and for the country and for the fact that we have religious freedom here in the country. How many of us would be willing to do that? Those men stood out in my, in my mind of having the right attitude. Turn with me to Romans 13. Get in verse 1. That every soul be subject unto the higher power. I mean, Apostle Paul just simply picked up the words of Jesus, and he just brought them down in the New Testament time. That every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are, be are ordained of God. Wherefore, therefore, res, wherefore, therefore, Whosoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not terror to good works, but to the evil. Would thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have the praise of the same. For he is a minister of God for thee for good. If thou do that which is evil, be afraid of, and he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Therefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. And for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually unto this very thing. Render therefore to all that just, to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. There we see the foundation. I believe Apostle Paul just picked it up from, from the, the words of Jesus, and uh, I believe it's good for us just to, this is this is the word of God. And I don't want to, I don't want I don't like to see Anabaptist people resisting the government through the taxation. I, I realize that Social Security is close to 33 percent of, of uh, the government's uh, national national um, budget. Defense is 29 percent. Education is 14. <coughs> Social programs <coughs> can get down to 10 uh, percent. Interest is 7 percent. Uh, support the veterans of wars is 4 percent. General government to support the, just as simple, the General government for the pa- payments of the presidents on this two percent, and then it gets down to like one percent. Kind of, and that changes over, over the years too. And all of a sudden, can we put up a resistance? All of a sudden, we say resistance to this. All of a sudden, I'd like to deduct since I, we are uh, uh, non-resistant people. I'd like to d- deduct out the defense, the war thing. I'd like to deduct that out. Is that, is that correct for us as Anabaptists? I don't believe we can find that here in, in uh, so render unto them, they're, they're, they're ministers of God. And the Apostle Paul, I believe he realized that his safety many times hinged on Caesar. The Jewish people were after him, and many times his safety was Caesar. And I believe the Apostle Paul, even though, uh, I believe he lost his life through the, to Nero, I believe it was, I'm not sure, I might have quite that correct, but uh, he lost his life from that, you know, but that's, uh, he realized that many times, he said, I, I appeal unto Caesar, and that was, it seemed like he knew that that was his safety, and that can be our, our safety today, too, that the government can be the one that can give us the safety that we have today, and the Apostle Paul realized that, too. Another thing is we think about the government. You know, We can't ourselves, we can't provide the services that we have all by ourselves. We think, well, the road's out here. Um, I'm just going to have my own road. Everybody just build their own roads and nobody else can travel on this road and then you know, I'm going to have my own road. And Anybody that wants to travel on that road, they have to go make their own road. No, we work together. There's a lot of things that in, in our, our society we work together on and that is simply our roads. It can be whenever you get into a a type of a city or something there 's more uh, more people get on together on, on uh, closer together, uh, the more it comes into play that we need to control, and it seems like it just um, how do people to function together and to live together properly we don 't go all go, just go out on their own thing, and all of a sudden we say well i don 't like the monetary system that the government has i 'll just make my own and everybody would say well i 'm going to make my own monetary system and say well i 'll just put my screw uh, uh, my picture on the, on, the, on, the, on the dollar bills, and I'm just gonna, this, I'm gonna pass it out. Would you accept somebody else? All of a sudden, he'd come up to you, I'm gonna pay this, I'm gonna pay this bill, and you had a picture of himself on, and whose image and superstition isn't this? And he said, well, Caesar, that means something. It, it means something to have that image, shu- uh, that image on that, and we see that on our, our dollar bills, we see that on our, on our change that we carry. There's an image of superscription on there, and it means something. It's the U.S. dollar. Are you going to have your own dollars? I'm just going to make my own. I'm going to put my picture on and see, and then go around and try to pay your, your bills by your own superscription. It doesn't work. It seems like there's, we need to come under a unification of that, and even though we say, well, I don't, I don't like it. But yes, we do. We are together. We live in this world. And there needs to be a working together in many areas of his life. This, just the roads and the monetary system just is a small, just a small um, uh, aspect of that. Excuses. And one, uh, I mentioned a little bit of that. I don't believe in war, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pay my taxes because I don't believe in war. And I know I might, be, I might be stepping on toes this morning. I'm not sure how you guys all feel about, about taxes and, and, and separating of and these things or... Another one is the separation of church and state. Um, I believe in separation of church and state, and I don't believe that we need to pay taxes because we're separate from that. But yet the scripture comes through plain and clear that we are to render under Caesar things that are Caesar's, and under God things that are God. This comes from an an Anabaptist uh, father, and he said this, I work for my money, they can print their own. And I want to keep my money. And then all of a sudden he was, he was drawn back and paying taxes. He said, they can just print all the money they want. And pay their bills with their printed money. I'll just keep, I'll keep my money. And they can keep theirs. It needs to be working together on this. Paying tribute. Where tribute is due. And I believe the Apostle Paul had, that had the right, had the right picture of what Jesus Christ was teaching we cannot claim privileges and then refuse responsibility. You know, sometimes we think the privileges comes from the government, and then we say, I'm not going to, I refuse to um, take any responsibility and help them to pay for that. We can't be recipients and not give back. We can't be leeches. We can't be parasites. It just seems like, you know, somebody, their animals get lice and, and have uh, different um, and fleas and things, you know, we try to get rid of them because they're simply parasites living on something else. We as Christian people cannot simply be parasites and just live here in this government and let, let the world go by and say, well, I'm not going to support our government. We cannot. You cannot um, be recipients and not give back. We can't drive on a road and not have to pay to fix it. ways people get around taxes. There was a man, my neighbor told me this, he said, whenever I go on vacation, you know, we, we, right this time of the year, all of a sudden we're looking at what can I deduct off of my taxes? What I kind of, you know, how can I lower my expenses? How can, I raise, uh, uh, how can I raise my expenses and lower my income? All of a sudden we're looking at that and we're looking at our, our mind is on taxes. My neighbor told me, he said, whenever I go on vacation, and he said, vacations really aren't, aren't tax deductible. But I said I to make sure wherever I go, I have a hat collection. And I always stop at an equipment dealer to make sure I buy a hat. That way I have a receipt that I went there to get myself a hat. And it was a, it was a, it was a farm-related hat that he, and he used it for his collection. And then he deducts the whole, the whole trip from off his as expense from his income tax. Is that proper? As we think about it, trying to exaggerate expenses and to minimize our income. And that that happens. All of a sudden our mind, you know, we're gonna be preparing for taxes here in the next next month here. And all of a sudden our mind goes through what can I what can I deduct? What can I, you know, how can I play this thing so I don't have to pay as so much taxes. We all go through it. Another thing that just simply pay cash. Have you ever faced that? I want to pay cash. let not having a paper trail. That's not even any paper trail with this, you know, let's just pay cash. And that way the government has no way of tr- tracking this thing. And many times, uh, just this last year, I had an, had an old van and a guy stopped in there and he's he seen it there and he said, you know, I'll take, the, take your van. And I said, yeah. I said, I was thinking about getting rid of it anyhow. So he did, he did buy, buy my van. But he said, I'll pay cash. So you don't have any paper trail. How do we respond to that? How should we respond to somebody that just simply paid cash? Well, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll report it as income. I don't care, I don't care how you, what you do with, with behind the scenes. That's your business. But my business, I'll, I'll report it as income. Or do we try to hide that? There's another thing that people have said, I can make better use of it than what the government can. And there's no doubt in my, there's no doubt in my mind that you, people probably could. Uh, we all know that whenever a government is, it gets wasteful and uh, uh, and there's no doubt we can make a better. Um, and that's one thing that they say usually, let's, let's not have any paper trail. I can make better use of it than what the government can. And the other is over-report expenses and under-report income. Are we honest? Are we going to be honest here coming up here this next, like I said, this next couple months here of how we report our in, uh, incomes and, and, uh, and our expenses. Another way, that you, can, you can go offshore banking and say, I simply don't exist here. I don't exist here. Take all your money and go off, go offshore and not, not have even any paper trail here in the United States. Yes, you can. But uh, I don't believe it. God looks down upon your life and says, are you being honest? Are you willing... To, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. I don't want to receive the damnation of God simply because we resist the power that God has set over us. And he goes on to say, and the way we resist this is simply by taxes yes you can get around them my one liner to you this morning is <clears throat> the same as my father pay your taxes with a smile let's know for prayer